Mud Stories, Episode 20. Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place to sum up my childhood, my childhood was one big humongous mud story. And, um, and it, and it led me to feeling like I was a throwaway person. And when you feel like a throwaway person, you act like a throwaway person. And so it was a long journey, but one part of that journey was getting post-abortion counseling at a local crisis pregnancy center. And based on that counseling, my counselor really challenged me to eventually write my story to help other people. And it was very hard because I thought, number one, I would be banned from the church if anyone ever knew that. And number two, that God's grace couldn't cover that one thing in my life. And so it was, it took me a long time. Um, And the shame that was wrapped up in that was paralyzing. Hi, my name is Jackie Watkins, your host, and you're listening to Mud Stories a podcast dedicated to bringing you inspiration in your muddiest moments, hope to make it through your mud, and encouragement for you to know that you are not alone. Hey friends, welcome back to the Mud Stories podcast. And if this is your first time joining us, I want to give you a special welcome today. And just thank you so much for joining us here. This podcast is for you with the hope that it would bring you just the right encouragement you need today wherever you are. So today feels like to me a milestone here, episode 20. And wow, this podcasting journey has been amazing. And not only have you dared to show up here each and every week with me, but I have also been so blessed to have had such amazing guests here on the show, guests who have shared their trials and tragedies with such transparency and bravery all with the goal to share their stories with you so that you would have more hope in the middle of whatever it is you're facing. So if you haven't had a chance to hear some of those previous episodes, I would greatly encourage you to just go do some exploring. Um, Check them out because we've talked about so many things that are just hard things to face in life. Just everything from divorce to affairs and grieving relationship addiction, suicide attempts, even job loss, just so many stories in an effort to bring you the inspiration and hope that you need. And today is going to be no different because today we have with us Lisa Turkhurst, the founder and president of Proverbs 31 Ministries and the New York Times bestselling author of Made to Crave, Unglued, and her most recent book, The Best Yes. And speaking of books, I'm super excited to share with you our very first sponsor who's made a way for each one of you to receive a free book today. So stay tuned for more information about that at the end of the show. Well, Lisa Turkhurst isn't shy about admitting what a mess she can be, but in the midst of her everyday growth opportunities, she's been learning God's lessons and has a passion to help women connect the messy parts of their lives with the same miraculous hope she's found in God. Lisa writes from her sticky farm table in North Carolina, where she lives with her husband, Art, and their five kids, three dogs, and a mouse that refuses to leave her kitchen. 
In this episode, Lisa and I discuss how small and seemingly insignificant decisions really do add up to make a difference over time. And we talk about how every decision we make points our life in a direction and how every yes that honors God matters more than we may ever know. Lisa shares about her muddy childhood, some unfortunate yeses in her early adult life, and how her best yeses after failure were used by God in amazing ways. And I'm just so thankful today that as Lisa endeavors to really live out the message of her writing, that she chose to say yes and join us here. So without further delay, here's my conversation with Lisa. Enjoy. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to the Mud Stories podcast as a fellow mom of five. I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be with you today. Well, I'm so thankful for the work and the ministry you do. And I think anytime we build something, we always begin with just a small yes. And I think often we're unaware of where that yes will take us. And yet it's so important to just continue to show up each day, persisting through that resistance and persevering even when we don't see what's ahead while we're in it. But I think nothing really of influence or impact or real significance gets built overnight. And certainly that's true of the leadership and influence that you now have. And you've been faithful over all these years in small daily ways, I'm sure sometimes seemingly insignificant ways. And because of that, there are so many of us enjoying the benefit of your work, whether it's by reading one of your tweets or one of your books through the She Speaks conference or Compel training, or just listening to you speak. I know that I have personally benefited and grown from both the words you write and the talks you give and the generosity with which you offer it to the world. And so thanks for modeling not only what it's like to be a businesswoman, a writer, and a speaker, but a wife and a mom and a mentor to so many. And I just can't be more thankful for you how you've allowed God to use even your smallest yes way back then to now make such a difference in the world. It's just so inspiring. And I think we all just really long for our smallest yeses to matter. So thanks for joining me today for saying yes to share with us here. Oh, you are so welcome. And, you know, you're right, Jackie. It is, I I think sometimes people see um, where Proverbs 31 ministry is today and where I am with my writing. And I've even had people make a comment um, about, you know, wow, you're such an overnight success. And it always makes me giggle giggle because I want to reply back, yes, I am an overnight success 22 years in the making. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes, yes, yes. So, you know, I think um, it's really important that, um, that I acknowledge what you said, that, that this is a series of a whole lot of small yeses. But um, I want to encourage whoever is out there, no matter what you're doing, um, right. that those small yeses matter more than you know. And um, I wrote in my book, The Best Yes, that every decision points our life in a direction. And you have to make sure that's the direction you want to go in. And so 
those little tiny yeses day by day that did feel incredibly small. Mm -hmm. And uh, those early assignments in ministry just, I mean, I asked myself, it seemed hundreds of times, is this really going to matter? Is anybody (laughs) actually going to read this? Is anybody going to listen to this? Is, you know, is this making any kind of difference? Um, But it was like little bricks that were, that were laying a pathway to the place where I am now. And so They were incredibly important. I didn't really realize how important they were. Well, you know, it's so encouraging to hear you say that because I know for me where I'm at, the things that I'm doing each and every day really do feel so small. And, you know, even in my motherhood journey, picking up toys or driving kids to guitar lessons or or even in my online endeavors, whether it's writing or podcasting, you know, the steps that I'm taking now do feel small. And, you know, in those moments when I'm frying up taco meat, and I'm wondering, hmm, what am I doing? Like, what is my next post supposed to be? Or what am I feeling compelled to write about? Or what is God teaching me now? Or who would be that next podcast guest that I want to ask? Or any of those things just still feel so small. And yet it's so encouraging. And I'm sure it would encourage so many people, whatever mundane, everyday things that they find themselves called to or doing today. You know, to hear you say that it felt small to you too, that each of those stepping stones that you built along the way, you know, 20 plus years did feel small and in the moment didn't feel very significant. But looking back, you can see now how each one was incredibly important. And I just appreciate you sharing that so much because it gives us all so much hope as we are frying up that taco meat. And speaking of that, I'm wondering in those years where you were laying those small stepping stones step by step by step, Was there any resources or anything that really helped you as you were frying up your taco meat, so to speak? Anything that that really helped inspire you uh, as you were laying those stones together? Yes. Um, I had the blessing early on of having um, some really smart leaders that I listened to. And um, one of those was John Maxwell. And my husband was a member of his tape of the month club. Now for really young people, they'll think what in the world is a tape? It's not like, (laughs) it's not like scotch tape. You wrap, wrap a birthday. Right. Right. It's like, imagine MP3s back when they were CDs, but before CDs, back when they were cassette tapes. So (laughs) (laughs) I remember them well. I had many. So way back in the olden days. Yes. Um, So he would get these cassette tapes and every now and then I'd pop one in and I would listen because I thought, well, I'm a, I'm a young mom and young moms lead little people. So I guess in essence, I'm a leader. And so, and I, I desperately wanted to be a good leader. I had no idea how important it was, those little yeses to pop in those cassette tapes while I cook dinner and glean leadership wisdom. I had no idea why I would need that one day, but I desperately did. And one of the things that John Maxwell said is that um, if you study anything for at least one hour a day for five years, at the end of five years, you'll be an expert in that thing. Well, that really intrigued me. 
And it was probably the first time I had an inkling that the little decisions I make today are going to add up. And I have to make sure to chase those decisions all the way down and make sure that the little decisions are pointing my life in the direction I actually intend to go. So here I am 22 years later, and, um, and I've written this book, The Best Yes. And it's those experiences of making wise decisions in the midst of those crazy endless demands and how much they matter. And, and, and really, I wanted to help people know when to say yes and how to say no, because your no answers are really important, too. Yes. Well, the book you're referring to, of course, that you've written is The Best Yes, Making Wise Decisions in the Midst of Endless Demands. And I'll just say, I've read it. I loved it. And I think what I love the most about anything you write, whether it's been Made to Crave, Unglued, or this book, or any of your previous books, really, you write words as much for your own heart as you do for all of us reading. And um, so I I want to talk about some of the practical parts that you've written of in The Best Yes. But before we do, you know, there are times in our lives when we say yes to some things that maybe we shouldn't have said yes to and land us right in the middle of some mud, whether it's some trial, adversity or suffering, whatever it is. And in the book, you write about two women you met signing books at a speaking event who shared a picture with you and thanked you. And so as we talk about some mud stories, would you be willing to share with us a little bit about that mud story from your life and over the years, how God did use it well through a series of best yeses along the way? Absolutely. Well, when I was in my um, early 20s, I had really, um, I guess, gotten lost in what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. And actually at that point in my life, I had a religion, like I knew what it meant to know God, but I didn't understand what it meant to be a child of God. And I definitely didn't understand what it meant to be in relationship with Jesus. And so I had made some pretty chaotic choices, um, in my early twenties and, um, and, and had a lot of hardships in my childhood that really fed that. And so I guess you could say, to sum up my childhood, my childhood was one big humongous mud story. And, um, and it, and it led me to feeling like I was a throwaway person. And when you feel like a throwaway person, you act like a throwaway mm-hmm. person. Yes. And so it wasn't too long in my twenties when I found out I was pregnant and I was not married and I was alone and, um, I was devastated and terrified. So I made the tragic choice to have an abortion and, um, and it was something that, um, I guess the other events in my life were things that had been done to me. Mm -hmm. This was the first time that I came face to face with my own, um, utter propensity to make a devastating decision that vastly affected not only my life, but obviously my unborn child too. And, um, and so it sent me spiraling into a depression for many years. Yes, I can so relate to what you're saying, because I in labor and delivery, when I admit people, you know, I ask them, how many pregnancies have you had? How many miscarriages? How many abortions? And, you know, I think 
is so much more common than we really realize, the number of women who have had abortions. And yet, even when I meet them and I go through labor and delivery with them and they deliver their new baby, you know, I can tell if they are in a place in their life where they have not dealt with their abortion or they haven't, you know, really worked through that deep spiraling and depression that came with that choice. You know, there is a underlying countenance of sadness, even at the joyous birth of a new baby, because, you know, when they see that baby, it is a reminder of what would have been. And it's just so, so, so hard. So I'm so, so glad that you're talking about this and um, willing to share. So in your story, what happened next? What did God do? Well, you know, as the Lord slowly started to bring people in my life that would speak truth, and it's such a long story. I wish we had hours, but I know, you know, but it was um, it was a long journey. But one part of that journey was getting um, counseling, post-abortion counseling at a local crisis pregnancy center. And based on that counseling, my counselor really challenged me to eventually write my story to help other people. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was very hard because I thought number one, um, I would be banned from the church if anyone ever knew that. And number two, that I felt like God's grace, um, couldn't cover that one thing in my life. And so it was, it took me a long time. Um, and the shame that was wrapped up in that was paralyzing paralyzing. And, you know, there are so many ways we can land in the mud. But when we choose the choice that lands us there, when we make a decision, unlike, you know, tragedy happening to us, when we choose it, it resonates so deeply with me. And it was my experience, too, that it is paralyzing, smothering, just suffocating. And um, taking a long time is something I can totally relate to. So in the situation where you did feel paralyzed, where the shame was so great, what eventually happened? How did you eventually move forward from there? Well, eventually I did decide to write my story. And um, it was one of the first things that I ever wrote. In The Best Yes, I talked about how I had to find that space in my calendar to write because writing was something for me. Nobody called me a writer and I didn't have any deadlines. And so it was very easy to never make time to do it. And, um, but I realized one day nobody ever in the history of the world has found more time or made more time. So I took an honest assessment of how I was spending my hours. I found that out of 168 hours that I had in a week, I only had a little block of 3.5 hours. So I took my calendar for the next week and um, draw drew like this circle around this 3.5 hour block and decided to capture my writing time first before all the other roles and responsibilities ate up all the rest of my hours for that week. And so the next week came and um, a friend asked me if I would join her for lunch and I felt so foolish telling her, I can't, I have an appointment with myself to write because she didn't think I was a writer. I didn't even think I was a writer. Yeah. Um, but I'm so thankful that I, I did 
right that day, and I wrote my story, and it got published in this little tiny newsletter, and I didn't think it would really make any kind of a difference at all. But not too long after the article came out, a, um, a pastor's wife got in touch with me and asked if I would meet with her and her teenage daughter and her husband because they just found out, the pastor and his wife just found out that their daughter was pregnant, and the pastor was really pushing for her to have an abortion because he was so ashamed mm-hmm. and fearful of what that could do within his church responsibilities. So um, the um, long story short is that they read the article, they asked for a meeting, I met them and shared my story and, and reached across, grabbed that pastor's hand and just said, I know you think, I told him, I said, I know you think it's really hard in in the immediate moment to let your daughter have this baby. But if you encourage your daughter to have an abortion, it's going to um, be hard for a long, long time, mm-hmm. harder than what you can even imagine. And so um, they left and I didn't hear back from them. And, um, and then, like, I guess it was probably 16 years later, my life had changed drastically. At that point now, I'm no longer just writing little articles. Um, I was now writing books. <laughs> yes. And um, so these two women came through my book line and uh, it was an older woman and a younger woman. And um, when they got up to me at my book table, they just didn't say anything. They just held up this picture of this beautiful teenage boy. Mm-hmm. And um, and they said, do you remember us? And I said, no, help me remember where have we met before? And they said, 16 years ago, we came to your house because my daughter was pregnant. My pastor husband was terrified and we were so close to having an abortion. But this teenage boy um, is alive today because of that article that you wrote and um, and because you, you dared to share your story. And um, wow, you know, I just wow. um, was blown away by that capturing that little yes, that little block of time to write that article. And um, sometimes we'll do that and we'll never know why it was so crucial for those little yes answers that honor God um, to say those. But I caught a glimpse that every yes that honors the Lord matters more than we ever know. Well, and I love how you say God's promises to us are not dependent upon our ability to always choose well, but rather on his ability to use well. And that's a beautiful example of how he did take that unfortunate yes and turn your other small yeses into an amazing thing that he used for good. So I love that. And it is so hard to share our stories. You know, it's vulnerable and risky. We fear being judged or not being liked. And that really kept me so stuck from sharing my story for over a decade. I just really wasn't convinced it would be helpful to anyone at all. Um, But I just kept feeling that tug on my heart, that unrelenting urge to take the risk and share. Because not doing so was sort of like hoarding and hiding all God had really done for me in that time. And I still remember the first time I shared my story publicly, I was terrified, but I did it trusting just like you did that God would take my story, the unfortunate choices I had made and use them for good. And I tell you, he has done just that. I've watched him do it. And that yes, that I said to share that yes that you said as you shared that day as you wrote your story 
I think you're so right. Every yes that honors God really does matter more than we know. Yes. So I love that. Well, you write about how the words yes and no are among some of the most important and powerful words we have. And you encourage us to use wisdom to find that courageous yes and to fight for that confident no. And Lisa, this is just so hard for so many of us. I mean, you admit it's hard for you too. It's just so hard because many of us are people pleasers and it can be awkward to say no. I mean, we want to say no, but it's you know, you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. You don't want to be disliked. And and yet there are also so many good things, so many opportunities where we really want to say yes. And, you know, figuring out how to struggle through making decisions is such a challenge. Can you take some time to teach us the differences between knowledge, discernment, and insight, and how we can use them to gain some wisdom to make decisions that will take us in that direction we want to go and still be good decisions tomorrow. Yes. And I love that you brought that up because one of the quotes in the best yes is wisdom makes decisions today that are still good for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I do want to acknowledge it is still really hard for me to say no, especially when I feel like someone's expectation of me is to say yes. And, oh, I, you know, I, I feel like I should have confession time. Like, hello, my name is Lisa. <laughs> and I still struggle with being a people pleaser. It's yeah. really difficult. So I think it is acknowledge that then, okay, it is hard. It is difficult. Where do we go from here? Well, I love that you brought up the knowledge, insight, and discernment, because that's really what we need. And Mm -hmm. there's a verse in the Bible that addresses this very specifically. It's in Philippians chapter one, and it's verses nine and 10. And um, of course, it's Paul's letter to the Philippians. And this is what he says. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best. And he continues on from there. But let's look at those three parts. So um, knowledge and depth of insight. So knowledge is when I acquire the truth. That means I can gain knowledge when I get into God's word and I let God's word get into me. So Knowledge Mm -hmm. is acquiring that truth. Depth of insight is living out the truth that I've acquired. So we gain knowledge when we get the truth, but we gain depth of insight when we live the truth. And then if we are getting the truth in us and then living the truth through us, then we will be able to discern what is best. And that discernment is the Holy Spirit's reminder of the truth that we have gained and lived. And so I think it's a very, very important principle that we have to understand. It's the one who obeys God's instruction for today that will be able to clearly discern his direction for tomorrow. Mm, That's so good. So true. Because clearly learning to discern his direction for tomorrow is so very important. And I think a lot of times as people, we ask, what decision should I make? What is God's will for me? And you talk about those questions, that grid of questions. You know, have you been spending time in God's word? Um, Have you been living the concepts and the principles that God's word describes for our lives? And if you've been doing those things and you get some godly counsel, some wise people in your life who can give you feedback, If you do those things, then 
there's freedom in making decisions. There's freedom in knowing that whatever it is that we'll decide, um, God can bless it and God can use it. And we don't have to be paralyzed from making decisions. But this knowledge and depth of insight does bring the discernment that we need to make the decisions that we're faced with. Yes. And I've seen this so much in my life, Jackie, as Mm -hmm. I, as I, um, day by day, I think every single one of us, we find little blocks of one minute, five minutes, and that's how we check social media. And I'm, I'm a fan of social media, so I'm not dissing that at all. But what (laughs) I'm saying is we can all find little blocks of time to get God's truth front and center in our life. And I think it's super important that our every day that we really do, even if it's just one verse, mm-hmm. that we have that verse and we see that as God's instruction for us today. So if we read a verse on humility, then we look all day long, where is that opportunity for me to demonstrate humility um, because God gave me that truth today? And so every day, I um, I try to have some sort of a verse front and center in my life that's my assignment for that day. And as I acquire that truth and then depth of insight comes when I live that truth, when I let that truth get connected to some thought pattern or some action that I have that day, then I start to develop this keen discernment of what is best. And that's really the pattern of how I've discovered my best yes answers. Yeah, and I loved that so much because when we're looking or staring at a situation to say yes or no to, you know, I love how you talked about, you know, are you letting God's word get into you? Are you finding those moments to really understand and know his truth and God's perspective? And are you fighting for um, focusing on that and how that really affects our ability and our freedom, really, to make a decision you know, to serve or to give or to spend time doing whatever it is that we feel called to do. So I loved that. Well, Lisa, as we wrap up today, I really appreciate you joining me. I wanted to just, I love how you highlighted the importance of relationships in our lives at the end of the book that helps unrush us and how really being present and paying attention really does help us choose our best yes, whether it's our relationships like you were talking about, our relationship with God or our relationships with each other. So in closing, can you just share with us how really, because so many of us have so many endless demands, projects, to-do lists, how can we shift our focus from those important things to practicing our presence with not only God, but others as a way to help us see our best yeses? Yeah, that's a great question, Jackie. Um, I think the hardest person for me to be honest with sometimes is myself, but relationships force an honesty in my life when, when I have set my life to the rhythm of rush how I treat other people becomes much shorter, much less graceful, and it forces me to be honest mm-hmm. that um, that suddenly I've set my life to the rhythm of rush, and I don't like who I am, and I don't like how I treat other people yeah. um, when I'm rushed, and especially, especially the people who I love the very most. Um, if I'm rushed and stressed, and and I've agreed to do too much in too little time, and I've I've underestimated my time and overestimated my capacity, boy, that really gets me in trouble. So I like to say, let's take a look at that word rush 
And in the middle of the word rush, there's the word us. And I think if we have that visual picture, we've got to capture the us in the middle of the rush, then I think we are much more likely to find opportunities to slow down, to reconnect, to strengthen the um, the fabric of our relationships, which really does undergird our entire life and um, and really make people, not projects, mm-hmm. that which occupies the sacred spaces of our heart. Yeah, it's so important. So important to take that time and to really schedule it in. You talk about, you know, being mindful and intentional to really set aside that time. Because if we don't, it really is those people who are closest to us who suffer the most and they're the ones we love the most. They're the ones who matter so much to us. And and I know I just don't want them to be the ones to suffer because I have an overwhelmed schedule. So thank you. Thank you for that, for, for helping refocus us to make those relationships and people, not projects, that which occupy the sacred spaces of our heart. So Lisa, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to join us here at Mud Stories. And um, I'm just so thankful for who you are and for how you model and lead what it's like to not only be a follower of Christ, but um, someone who loves people well. Oh, thank you, Jackie. It's been my honor to be with you today. So thank you very, very much. Wasn't that so wonderful to have her with us today? I'm just so thankful for her. And I'm also so very excited because if you all are interested in the best yes, finding your best yeses and discovering your confident no's, I'd encourage you to get Lisa's book, The Best Yes. And I have great news for you. Because of our new sponsor, audible.com, you can get your copy of Lisa's book for free today. Because Audible has this amazing program where you can get a free book. All you have to do is go over to mudstoriesbook.com and sign up for a 30-day free trial. And the awesome thing about Audible books is that, I don't know about you, but I spend a lot of time in the car. And that's time for me to really catch up on podcasts or gain information by audio or even read books by listening to them. And I've listened to countless books. I listened to Lisa's book, The Best Yes, uh, while I was commuting by audiobook and I just loved it. I love to hear the inflection of who's ever reading and it's just it's just an awesome way to consume content when you're doing stuff. And I know because you're listening to a podcast, you love audio also. And so um, they have this program and they've agreed to be our sponsor. And what they do is when you go over there, you can sign up for a 30-day free trial with them and you get a free downloadable book. And the cool thing is that each and every time you do that, they give me a commission based on your transaction. And you know, this podcasting journey is such a passion for me. I just love sharing stories of redemption and how God works things for good. And yet, I will be honest, it does cost money to do podcasting. And so this is a way that you can get a free book and also help support the Mud Stories podcast at the same time. And you should know there's no obligation for you to continue with the subscription after the 30 days. You're free to cancel at any time. And so it just seemed like such a win-win for both of us. You would get a free book, I would get some support for Mud Stories, and we'd be able to continue on with the awesome guests 
guests and episodes that I've been able to bring you so far. So today, if you would love to have a copy of Lisa's The Best Yes, head on over to mudstoriesbook.com and you'll be able to sign up there. It's super easy and you can be listening to her book in a matter of minutes. Or if you already have her book, you can get a myriad of other books. They have a ton of nonfiction, fiction, whatever you like. And I just would be so thankful if you'd support Mud Stories in that way. Um, Also, as usual, you can find the show notes at mudstories.com where there's this awesome podcast player that will make it really easy for you to play on your phone or on your tablet or even from your computer. Or you can always go to jackiewatkins.com forward slash episode 20 to read all the show notes and find all the links of everything that Lisa mentioned in the podcast. Uh, Also, it would be such a gift. Yay for episode 20. I'm so excited if you would be willing to go over to iTunes and leave a rating or review for this podcast. I know it can be confusing how to get over there, but really it's super easy. All you have to do is go to JackieWatkins.com forward slash iTunes, and it'll take you right there. You click on that and you'll be able to not only subscribe to the podcast, which is super helpful, you can also um, leave a rating or review. And I, I read every single one of those. You know, it's so encouraging to me to read those because podcasting is a lot different than blogging. You know, not many people leave comments or feedback and it feels like I'm just talking, you know, right here in my bedroom in midair and yet I know you're all listening and you're all engaging and several of you each week send me messages that you're thankful and that you're moved and I just appreciate those so much. It just gives me so much energy to continue creating awesome content and asking amazing guests to be on the show. And so if you wouldn't mind somehow leaving a rating or review, that will really uh, tell iTunes that you want them to show this show to more people, that you'd want them to expose it to more people so that they can find this show and be encouraged too. And also if you you know, for whatever reason, don't have iTunes or don't know how to get to iTunes, you can always just leave me a blog post comment over on the show notes page, or there's a little tab on my website. You can leave me a voicemail message. You can send me an email, Jackie at JackieWatkins.com. However it is, I would just so appreciate any encouragement that you'd be able to give. So um, just love you all. I really, really do. And I'm so thankful that you take time out of your day each week on Tuesdays to join me here and hear the awesome stories of how God meets people in their mud and redeems and brings good out of even the most difficult situations. And so I am praying for you today that you have an amazing day, that you were encouraged by Lisa's words, not only her story of being in the mud and what God did in and through her faithfulness to say even the smallest yeses, but also in the ways that she's teaching us to find our courageous yeses and fight for our confident no's. So I am praying for you. I'm wishing you an awesome, awesome week. And today I want you to know that no matter what you're facing, no matter where you've been or what lies ahead, may you find a grateful song to sing. Have a beautiful day. Never in you, Mama, feels a press upon my mind at all.
a shame That leaves me a little bit blind I cannot see beyond the plane And I never will find a way out And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see Your strong arm reaches to me Your mercy floods my tired soul as you lift me out of my muddy hole. You wash me up with your sweet grace and you lead me to a safer place again. I never in you, mother, feel suppressed upon my that leaves me a little bit blind I cannot see beyond the blame And I never will find a way out And then I feel you next to me You lift my head to see Your strong arm reaches to me Your mercy floods my tired soul song to sing, a grateful song to sing.